right up a special edition of Straight Talk, a conversation with Craig Smith, former presidential speechwriter and professor of communication studies at CSULB. Opinions expressed in the following program do not necessarily reflect the views of Charter Communications nor its sponsors. We recognize our obligation to present opposing points of view by responsible spokespersons. For information, please contact the director of program. She stands in the face of evil and will not lose hope or faith. America, the land of freedom, is still the home of the brave. So raise the Straight Talk is brought to you in part by Southern California Edison. For over 100 years, life powered by Edison. The Press-Telegram, your local news leader for over 100 years. And Long Beach Magazine. Coastal living, city style. Join us for tonight's edition of Straight Talk. And now your host, Art Levine. Good evening and welcome to Straight Talk. Our guest for the entire show is our friend Craig Smith, the director of the Center for First Amendment Studies at California State University, Long Beach. Craig, welcome back to Straight Talk. Good to be here again. Let's start by talking about the national political scene. We should mention that our guest, our distinguished guest, is a former presidential speechwriter for President Ford, also consultant to President Bush Sr. Wide political experience. Give us your take on the first year of the Obama administration. Well, I think that uh, the president has to get mixed reviews. Uh, a lot of us, how, no matter what party we were in, we're really hoping for him. And in various ways, I think, uh, you know, he's let people down. The, the Iraq policy that he's followed is the same policy of withdrawal that Bush negotiated with uh, Maliki. Uh, the Afghanistan policy has been back and forth and rather indecisive. So uh, I think on the foreign policy scene, there have been some setbacks, and yet this man wins the Nobel Prize for setting a tone that they wanted to hear. It was so kind of premature in the <clears throat> minds of many of us. I think it was very premature, and I, I think it's the only Nobel Peace Prize that has caused a person a little damage, <laughs> you know? I think they hurt him by doing yeah, that. Yeah. I don't think he wanted it yet. Right. On the domestic front, we've, of course, got an economy that's in, in, in trouble. You know, productivity is back up. Uh, the stock market seems a little happier. It's come up over 4,000 points. Uh, but unemployment is still high. And that's an anomaly. Uh, we may, because we have developed a way of being so productive using computers and other technologies, that we don't need as many workers as we did in the past. And we may permanently be fixed with large unemployment rates. 
Obama became president in the midst of this meltdown, and that can be fairly blamed on the Bush administration and others as well, but is the economy now Obama's economy? Yeah, I think that the president gets one year uh, to blame it on the past administration. And after that, he's got to take responsibility for it. That's certainly what happened to Clinton in 1993. When he went into 1994 and he hadn't produced what he said he was going to, the Republicans took control of the Congress. Obama's administration has become a major struggle, as you know, and it looks like it may not even uh, have been completed this past year, 2009, and may forward into 2010. Do you think it was a mistake to try and bite off health care? Well, it was certainly a mistake for Clinton. Uh, I must say the, the most powerful speech Clinton gave in his first uh, term was his promotion of health care, and then he turned it over to his wife and it went downhill from there. Um, there. There are just so many players and so many issues involved with health care. And we have this huge economic problem that it might have been smarter to just focus everything on the economic problem and the foreign policy problem and, and just say health care is going to have to wait. Let me focus for a second on my own thinking on this. Uh, Wall Street was responsible, although there were many others, for bringing this economy down. And it seems to me that a focused attack on regulatory reform for Wall Street would have been more productive and more appropriate in this first year. When, when we were attacked on 9-11, we appropriately went after Afghanistan that harbored the terrorists, and almost everyone agreed with that. We got diverted into Iraq. But would it not have been more appropriate to, to make financial reform the top agenda for the first year? Yeah, I think so. And spending more time uh, learning that a stimulus was probably not going to be very productive. Uh, the stimulus, we're going to have some projects left over. We're going to have some pork barrel projects that are going to be completed. But when all the money's spent, then the people who worked on those projects are back out of work again. That's not the way to solve the problem. And I, I think you're right. I think we needed to look at some kind of regulation of the whole financial industry to see what was going on there. You were a participant in our Distinguished Speaker Series last November. We had Bill Cowan, author of House of Cards, who described in, in, in incredible detail the collapse of Bear Stearns yes. and how one of their top executives said, we did it to ourselves by unnecessary risk-taking. And uh, there seems to be a general understanding throughout the country that although there were many culprits in, in the play, a major culprit was Wall Street and excessive greed and hubris. And I think the country was ready to address and support financial reform, but that has, that's taken second uh, fiddle here. And now already uh, the momentum is being lost and some of the banks are back to business as usual with bonuses and trips and all that stuff. Yeah, they're playing with other people's money. And I always worry about people who are playing with other people's money and not, you know, investing their own. Uh, we learned after the Great Depression that allowing people to buy on margin of 10 percent was disastrous and dangerous. And so we ended that. Uh, there should be a whole list of lessons we've learned from this collapse, which is second only to the Great Depression in terms of the damage it's done to, to people in the economy, uh, that, that those reforms should have been in, in, put in place. Instead, they've thrown stimulus money out of, at it uh, in, an, in a non-careful way. One of the points that Mr. Cowan made was that Wall Street did not have a lot of skin in the game, yeah. that 
partnerships that used to be the f legal format of investment banking firms changed over some years ago to publicly held companies. So it was really stockholders' money and creditors' money that they were gambling with, not their own partnership funds. In the old days, if a firm made a bad decision, the partners had to pay out of their own net worth. That is no longer the case with most firms. So they were gambling on someone else's money. And uh, if they won, they kept the bonuses. And if they lost, they come to the American taxpayer for billions of dollars of bailouts, which to many of us seems very unfair. Well, and we had bad, uh, you know, bad mortgages. There were a lot of bad mortgages that, that, that fed into this. And both parties, the Republicans wanted deregulation, so bad mortgages could go out. The Democrats wanted um, low income and ho home ownership for minorities. And so they voted to deregulate all of this stuff, and it was just a disaster. Well, uh, Cohn also pointed out that in the old days, banks would keep the mortgages that they made, and if the mortgages went bad, uh, they would take the hit, but now they just securitize them, ship them to Wall Street, and the banks are off the hook. Okay, we'll be continuing after these messages. Electricity is different from any other product we use. We can't store it. We must use it wisely, but can't do without it completely. And there's no substitute for this special form of energy that brings us light, comfort, and progress. That's why California needs new standards that can keep utilities strong, guard against another power crisis, and protect consumers from the kind of shortages that often affect other commodities. Because electricity is different. The Port of Long Beach, one of the region's largest construction contractors, has work for businesses big and small. The SBE, or Small Business Enterprise Program, was established by the Board of Harbor Commissioners in 2004 to boost the local economy. Through this program, small businesses get a chance at big port contracts in the areas of construction, environmental consulting, engineering and architectural services, and more. To learn more, log on to www.polb.com or call 562-590-4146. For over 80 years, Community Hospital of Long Beach has served the greater Long Beach community by providing the best medical care possible with a focus on clinical excellence and a caring, compassionate, personalized approach for every patient. It is our goal to be the community's preferred health care provider, providing a 24-7 rapid response emergency department, a state-of-the-art cancer center, and a free wellness and diabetes program. We are proud to introduce CHLB's new bariatrics program featuring the safe and effective lap band system. Community Hospital of Long Beach. When you have a choice, choose the best. The Marketplace Long Beach, where you can shop for a fabulous selection of merchandise. Dine out tonight. Shop in a relaxing environment. Explore all there is to enjoy at The Marketplace Long Beach, PCH and 2nd Street, online at MarketplaceLongBeach.com. The Marketplace Long Beach. We are back with Craig Smith, director of the Center for First Amendment Studies. Craig, let's focus on the state of California. Do we have to? Unfortunately, <laughs> it's necessary. And this month, the governor will present his budget. A lot of reports indicate we're facing a $21 billion or more problem. Yeah, we're carrying over $6 billion from the current budget and another $15 billion projected in the budget he will present this month uh, uh, to the voters and, and to the legislature for them to consider. This has been an endless problem. 
and they really need to, instead of pushing the bubble down the road, they really need to, you know, pierce it and solve it. And it's going to require, I believe, uh, you know, really draconian measures, cuts and tax that go, that go up. We can't have these services and not pay for them. Let, let's cut to the chase. The state legislature is dysfunctional. Yeah. Period. Yeah. And there are a lot of strands that have led to this, but uh, there's an overwhelming consensus that this system is not working. And yet California, if it were a country, would be the 11th largest economy in the world. We have energy, we have food, we have industry, we have creativity. We have all of the elements to make up a vibrant economy, and yet our state budget deficit continues to grow. Well, we require a two-thirds majority in each house to get the budget through. That allows a small minority to block a sensible budget. We allow the districts, until 2012, to gerrymander uh, themselves, so they're always getting reelected, so they're stuck in, and, and that's all they care about. Uh, so, there, you know, we have to get things through the Assembly and then through the Senate. Why don't we just have one house to get things through, like Nebraska does? Let's be smart about it. It would save a little money, too. Let's consider some of the strands that over time have led to this dysfunctional state legislature. One is we have a full-time legislature now. Forty years ago, it was part-time, and people had other professions and jobs, and they went to the legislature, and then if they did not win, they retired to whatever their career was. Having a full-time legislature uh, eliminates some of those people and makes them more dependent upon getting reelected and more susceptible to temptation. So I think consideration should be given to going to a part-time legislature again. I would go to a one-house part-time legislature, yes. Okay. Uh, because it, it, those people would be in touch with the people that employed them or they employed instead of with lobbyists all the time, and they'd have a much more realistic view of what's going on in the state. A second strand in this problem, and you referred to this a moment ago, gerrymandered districts. Uh, until right. recently, there's been a change, but most every district in the state is a safe district and this is true of the state legislature and Congress as well. So you can do almost anything uh, short of a felony and be, be re-elected. So you have a safe seat yeah. that makes it much less competitive. And, they, and they're locked in ideologically. It's the most conservative Republicans and the most liberal Democrats that are locked in and that's why we have this deadlock. Deadlock. A third strand, uh, term limits. Yeah. Uh, I used to support term limits Me as a too. way of getting new blood in there, but it turns out that we've lost institutional memory, we've lost relationships, and everyone's looking for the next job. Yeah. So I think term limits have outlived their usefulness. Yeah, I absolutely agree. The other thing is that if you're a new legislator and you're not familiar with the issues, you tend to rely on lobbyists to help you out. And so this is another way in which the lobbyists endear themselves to our state legislature and, 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 and decide what's going on instead of us deciding. And besides getting info from the lobbyists, the leadership has become so important. I understand that there are bills that are drafted at 6 a.m. And, and legislators have to vote that morning. And most of them obviously have not read the bills. Right. And they have to take their cues from the, from the leadership. Yeah. And, you know, we don't elect leadership. We elect individual senators and assembly people. And we expect them to know what they're voting on. Yeah. Uh, the, the budget's put together by the big five you know, the minority and majority leaders of each house and the governor. And they're the only players, really. 
and they just have to get enough votes once they negotiate among themselves what the budget's going to be. And finally, dues checkoffs. Now, you and I are both members of the CFA, and I support the, the union and all, but I did not support the law that was passed that requires everybody to pay dues even if they're not a member. Well, I'm not a member and I have to pay dues. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm a little different from you. And it, it is annoying that I pay 80% of, of what a, a member pays uh, and I don't want to be in that union and I don't agree with a lot of things that union does. Well, I think that a union should have to earn their right of representation yeah. like everybody else in a free competitive society and not automatically get dues from unwilling uh, non-members in right. your case. Or, so uh, the result of that has been a, a lot of money flowing into the union coffers. Every state employee is subject to this law and the unions now have money to influence political elections, although theoretically dues are not supposed to be used for, for political purposes, right? But right. You, you suggest there's a way of backdooring well, they, it. They can use a certain percentage of the dues uh, you know, uh, they can't use my dues for political purposes, but they can use your dues for political purposes. So it, it, those are mingled funds anyway. So I don't know how one accounts for these things. So the result, the bottom line, has been an enormous increase in influence in Sacramento of unions, yeah. including particularly the, the prison guards that have become among the most powerful. Yeah. So it's kind of a perfect storm with these four strands creating logjam and 21 billion plus deficits. Okay, we'll be back with more of our show after these messages. Phil Trainees mixes California style with continental cuisine that includes fresh seafood from around the world. Since Phil is the chef, the menu has a wide variety of pastas, salads, soups, and appetizers that feature his unique personal touch and the Italian-American signature dishes are simply beyond delicious. You never know who you're going to run into at trainees, from the famous sports legends on the Wall of Fame to local celebrities having a drink at the bar. For the best fine dining experience, visit Phil Trainees. At Performance Plus Tire, you'll find we carry Toyo tires. For over 50 years, Toyo has been a world leader in the development of high-quality tires. Optimum performance, safety, and a comfortable ride. That's what makes Toyo tires great. And now come into Performance Plus Tire for a great deal on these Toyo tires. Proxies ST, Open Country AT, and Proxies 4. Toyo tires, driven to perform. Come in today and we'll install new Toyo tires on your vehicle while you wait. Performance Plus Tire on Cherry Avenue, one mile north of the 405 in Long Beach. It's Big Red Bus. Our English double-decker buses offer large groups a fun, unique, inexpensive alternative to standard transportation. Bar hopping, weddings, sporting events, airport pickups, kids parties, you name it and we'll help customize the perfect experience. We have open and closed top buses available. Both are equipped with custom-built bars, stereo systems and a friendly hostess. Alcohol is permitted on board. For your next event or fun occasion, call Big Red Bus at 562-852-9888 or visit us on the web. People need a hero. They need something they can believe in. That's where Dog the Water Copper comes in. Oh no! Alright, you little trail sniffer. I've been watching you take a shower for the past 40 minutes. Think of all that water you're wasting. Well, I mean, that's really weird, Dog. I'm totally naked right now. We're back. Craig, let's turn to local issues now. Okay. We had the mayor on last week, and he correctly said 
that it's just outrageous for cities and counties, for that matter, and school districts to pass responsible budgets. And then at the last minute, the state comes galloping in and grabbing our money to balance their budget. Yeah, yeah, it's very difficult. I mean, this goes back to one of the provisions of Proposition 13, which transferred property taxes into the hands of Sacramento to filter back to us what they didn't need. Um, you know, Proposition 13 really needs to be rewritten. The, the initial main intent was to protect people, mainly elderly people, who are losing their homes. Losing their homes. With the but all, th- that's right. But all of these other things are in there that people don't remember and some haven't examined. Proposition 13 applies to businesses. So, uh, uh, you know, it, 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 it really needs to be rewritten and redone. And at the very least, there should be reassessment for business properties, yeah. which, since they're owned by corporations, never change hands. So we have businesses right. with, with 25-year-old evaluations. That's right. Which That's isn't right. right. That's not right. And, of course, the impact on education of these cuts has been enormous. Yeah. And you were a trustee for many years of the CSU system. Yeah. And our campus, Long Beach State, has been severely cut, as have the sister campuses, by the cutbacks to education. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're turning away students. We're cutting our enrollment. Uh, the faculty has been uh, furloughed. This is the first time in my life I've ever been furloughed. Which was uh, a voluntary vote of the faculty a, a, a to save other jobs. That's right. Uh, we either furloughed ourselves or there would have been layoffs. Uh, so we saved some of our colleagues by voluntarily taking a, a furlough. Student tuition has gone up 30% on our campuses. At the UC campuses, it's going up 32%. Uh, these are huge increases. Uh, you know, a student can deal with uh, an inflationary plus increase at a regular basis and plan on it. But 30% in your fees, yeah. uh, that's really hard to live with. And would you not agree that the availability of low-cost, high-quality, higher education, the Pat Brown Master Plan, yeah. was in part largely responsible for the economic miracle, which is California. We've done study after study that shows that the money that we invest in students comes back to us threefold uh, in, 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 in taxes and revenue and, and, and other stuff. I mean, we really were the model for the world in terms of the Master Plan of Education here with very low fees uh, and accessibility for all students who got about a 3.0 or better in, yeah. in, in high school. And that's gone now, and it, it's really a shame. It's really a shame. Well, we're shortchanging our future in these short-term cuts. I mean, four years ago, California was third in per-pupil expenditure, uh, K through 12, and now it's 48th. Yeah. I mean, we're like, excuse me, but Mississippi. Yeah. And Parks and Recreation has also taken a hit with these budget cuts. Yeah, I serve on the board of Rancho Los Cerritos, the founding rancho of uh, Long Beach. And uh, we've had to make some severe cuts because the city doesn't have the money. It's not their fault, but it just, the revenue doesn't stay here. It goes to Sacramento. The, the ranchos, uh, you know, educate our students about their California heritage. Teachers bring the students there. Um, we have all kinds of things like that in this city that are being closed down because of this lack of funding. It's our first show of the new year, Craig. A couple of Craig's List predictions for the new year. Um, I think you'll see uh, the, the, the president become much more decisive in foreign policy uh, with the 2010 elections coming. Um, nonetheless, I think the Republicans will pick up seats in the Senate and the House, which is traditional in the off year. And for governor, you predict? 
I think Jerry Brown's going to be the next governor. He's got no opponents in his own party. Uh, the Republicans will go after one another, hammer and tongs, as usual. Um, and, uh, but the money that the Republicans have can't buy this election. So uh, I, 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 I think we're going to have uh, Governor Moonbeam back. Okay, and you heard it from a Republican. That's right. We'll be back with the remaining portions of our show after these messages. Welcome to McKenna's on the Bay, where fine dining is complemented with a breathtaking view. McKenna's is a restaurant of incredible ambiance, providing service and cuisine with style, class, and romance. The menu offers a variety of appetizers, serious seafood, prime steaks and oyster bar, and specialty entrees for either lunch or dinner. McKenna's on the Bay features patio dining, nightly entertainment, and two banquet facilities. No matter what your occasion, McKenna's on the Bay is like being on vacation. Join us today at McKenna's on the Bay. The original Renaissance Pleasure Fair, now in L.A. at Santa Fe Dam. who are closest to you, from our family to yours. McCarty's Jewelry, since 1932. How do you like your chances the rest of the way? I got no idea. But I do know that if we stay with Naples Rib Company, at least we won't go hungry. Coach, what do you think about some of those questionable calls tonight? Oh, yeah, but if you want a sound call, I'd call Naples Rib Company. You can't miss on that call. Then Naples Rib Company is part of your game plan? There really is nothing more motivating than a great barbecue meal at Naples Rib Company. Victory or not, Naples Rib Company, great game plan. This is our first Straight Talk show of the new year. I'd like to thank our thousands of viewers and also thousands of members of the Straight Talk Viewers Club for your loyalty over the years. It's New Year's resolution time. Let me suggest a few. First, get involved in your community, make a difference. Everyone can make a difference in some way on their block, in their school district, uh, with their nonprofit organizations. Second, let's share an attitude of gratitude. Despite our enormous problems, we live in a wonderful country, a great state, and a marvelous city. Let's be aware of that and be grateful for that. And third, support education. If you think education is expensive, try ignorance. So do something, whether it's monetarily or volunteering to help education. Craig, I know that you firmly believe in education and you've spent your, so much of your career here. Well, I do, and I think it is important. I think people need to know what's going on in our classrooms. I think they should visit their schools. I think they should visit the campuses, see what's going on, see the work we do, and, uh, and then I think we'll have more support. Uh, it's, it's strange to be in a state where more is spent on prisons than is spent on universities. Yeah, and our president at Long Beach State, uh, F. King Alexander, 
has been an articulate advocate of education and has been critical of the state legislature and has gone to Washington many times advocating for higher education. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we have a minute left, Craig, and you started to make some predictions. Uh, you referred to Jerry Brown as our next governor. He used to be Moonbeam, but he's become much more conservative and pragmatic. Well, I, yeah, I think he learned a lot of lessons as mayor of Oakland. He straightened some things out up there. He's been the attorney general, and he's learned a lot about crime fighting. He has a lot of experience. He's run presidential campaigns, in which he sounded quite sensible, frankly. Uh, I think we're going we're gonna to see uh, a seasoned politician here, and that is something this state needs. And we have to wish our former police chief, Tony Batts, good luck in his challenging position up as chief of Oakland. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a tough job. Yeah. Well, Craig, you've been our annual guest uh, even more than once uh, each year, and thank you so much for imparting your, your insight. You're very welcome. And thank you for joining us. Please be with us next week for the next edition of Straight Talk. Good night, everyone. Straight Talk has been brought to you by Southern California Edison, The Press-Telegram, and Long Beach Magazine. And remember, Straight Talk is viewable worldwide 24-7 at straighttalktv.com.